0: Apple, banana, banana. How you doing? Good, yeah. Busy actually. I decided to cook dinner for everyone today, so. I
1: mentioned you were going to put a casserole in the oven. Well, you mentioned you were going to put a casserole in the oven. I was like, oh, that's very um,
0: housewifey. I know. I don't. It's not. Yeah, it's not a thing. I don't do it often, but that's what I did today. I what mean, did you do today? What's new? Uh,
1: today. So just work, just work, just normal stuff. I made a shepherd's pie at the weekend, actually, just on the subject nice. of cooking. And, uh, yeah, that was quite scary, but it came out quite nice, you know. You know yeah, probably. nice. But I'll tell you what I've been doing lately. So obviously, like, with having a new house, and um, there not been a lot of money to, like, actually do the interior of the house up. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I've been, do- I've been doing a lot of is gardening. So, like, I've been, like, growing seeds in, like, my windowsill greenhouse. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to take the job, and I'm going to buy, like... A mini greenhouse for the garden yeah. okay so I bought this greenhouse it was like 15 pound from b and that's not an advert but I'm just saying if b and want to give me money <laughs> to advertise I'm down so I build this greenhouse I put all my plants in it not all of them which was an important step and you know the greenhouse is outside and then storm Gareth hit the northeast and my greenhouse ended up on the other side of the garden Stop. All my plants destroyed, seeds everywhere, compost everywhere. So I had to start again. So now my grow- growing is staying inside the house and no longer outside until Storm Gareth pisses off basically.
0: Ugh.
1: So yeah. That's that was just
0: like, like a Gareth, isn't it? That was just a typical
1: fucking Gareth. Yeah. You don't get any Gareths that are like super cool, do you? No.
0: Nope. Ridiculous. That said I don't know any Gareths so I don't know. Apart from Gareth it... Gates and Gareth Bale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're the only ones. I mean, if you're a cool Gareth listener, please tweet one of us. Yeah, please, please send me yeah. in.
1: To Prove to us that you are worthy of something good. That yes. sounds so terrible. Uh, guess what I watched this past week, though, finally. What did you watch? I'll give you a little clue. Oh, no, I've forgotten it. Hold on. And then the sunflower. You must know, sunflower. Wasn't it so do, good? Do, 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 do i've had that song stuck in my head so basically i watched spider-man into the spider-verse finally and uh i loved it yeah i mean i kind of had a feeling i was gonna like it because a lot of people like hyped it up but then you kind of worry don't you in case like maybe you're that one person who doesn't love it but i thought it was so like it was such a feel-good film it has such a great message behind it in regards to like being who you are but also just like like I don't know, like a father relationship. I think I don't know. Yeah. it was. Um, yeah, it was. I really loved it. It just made me. F- I just smile thinking about it. And like films rarely do that for me. So I thought it was really cool. I thought it was very clever as well because it kind of incorporated all of the Spidermans that we know about and yeah. it just, it really was, and Jake Johnson, he's obviously stole our heart as Nick Miller anyway. He was so freaking good as Peter Parker.
0: I know, it's inc- so good.
1: It's incredible, so I, um, yeah, I really liked it, really, really enjoyed it, really glad I saw it, so happy with that.
0: It was so fun, it's so uplifting. It is,
1: it's rare, mm. like a lot of films I've watched lately about like death and, you know, <laughs> and
0: it's just, you know. Yeah, it makes a nice change.
1: Makes a nice change tell you what i've also been watching on itv i don't know if you've seen it it's called
0: cheat i have but i've not seen is it good it's good yeah another good thing as well
1: it's a pretty much all female like team so like director writer producer i believe i believe Mm -hmm. i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure i saw on twitter that it was indeed an
0: all female directing team so that's good good news nice cool i'll check it out i also start working oh sorry go ahead go ahead no no i was just gonna say if anyone's been watching working mums on netflix you need to be watching it it's so fun it's written by um i think it's Catherine reitman or reitman i'm not quite sure how it's pronounced but it's just mums who are juggling work and babies and feelings and there's like a postpartum depression storyline and it's like all it's comedy and it's yeah it's really really cool so definitely watch that if you have some time
1: it popped up on my netflix because it was one. When- I think some of the shows they must pay for a lot of advertising because it was yeah. basically the trailer was automatically playing after everything I was watching and every time I logged on so I thought oh this must be one that they're trying to push and I looked online and I saw that it's as it has a it's had a few seasons hadn't it hasn't it
0: yeah I think it's
1: about to start its third season yeah so I will watch that because I put it on my list and thought I'll come back to it because you know mm. do you watch it's always sunny in Philadelphia yeah. It's got yes. Dennis's ex wife in it, hasn't it? That's it does. how I recognised yeah. it. So I thought, oh, okay, all right, I'll see how that is. So, okay, good shout, good shout. Hmm, good. I started watching Orphan Black. Oh, yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's good. It was not what I expected. I've only watched two episodes, so I'm not like an expert. Okay. But I've watched two episodes and it wasn't what I was expecting because obviously I've seen this show on throughout the years. Like, people talk about it on Tumblr, people talk about it on Twitter, people mm-hmm. talk about it in the office and mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I'm just going to give it a go because... Uh, I've been trying to, like, just basically finish The Vampire Diaries. When I was like, <laughs> when I was 17, I loved The Vampire Diaries. And I watched it for, like, three seasons. And then I was finally like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. This is too much. The drama is ridiculous. This is just too unrealistic. But then I thought, no, no, I have to finish it because, you know. Whatever. You've stuck with it so long. And uh, it stuck with it so long. And then I, I watched... So I re-watched it from the beginning to where I got up to, which was, like, season four... And mm-hmm. then I watched season five, and now I'm on season six, and I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. This is too <laughs> hard. I've, I feel like it, I'm working to, you know. But, um, so yeah, I thought I'd just try something new, and I just went with Orphan Black, because, again, it's been on my list for forever, and mm-hmm. I enjoy it. It's quite good, so I'm going to stick with that and see where it goes, actually.
0: Yeah, I know. it's good fun. Good fun, yeah. Are you binged mm-hmm. anything else? No, I mean, I binged Shit's Creek, and oh, I was yes. looking for something after that, and I found work in mums. If you've not seen Shit's Creek yet, by the way, you guys... Go and watch shit Squeak. Like it's so funny. <laughs> Sorry, uh, just, someone just put advice. a
1: someone just put a pizza thing through the door and Simba, bless him, um, poops his pants <laughs> a little bit. Simba, Simba, come here. It's okay. It's okay. Come here. It's okay. He's like, but I'm so confused. I guard the house. <laughs> this man was trying to attack us. It's like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. He's like, but I'm... he put a thing through the door. He's invading. He's invading. It's okay, pal. I'm glad that you're bonding. Yes. Well, we've got a very turbulent relationship, me and Simba. <laughs> I don't really understand it, really. But I, d- I think he's just a little bit grouchy with me. But yeah, it is it is what it is. Um, I finally finished uh, mm-hmm. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh,
0: yeah. I did. I never uh, finished it. What did you think?
1: It's uh, It definitely tails off near the end in regards to quality. I mean, the jokes are still great um mm-hmm. but it's just yeah it was I when it ended I was quite sad I was like oh okay but I mean I think it really I mean it started off so great and I think it really I think it did peak probably about the yeah. second season uh but you know I, I think I want to rewatch it because I think there was a lot more funniness like from Titus in the early seasons but it is what it is it's just sad yeah. that there's no more Tina Fey um in the world now like TV show yeah, wise, yeah, she's not
0: doing anything right no, now. No, because it
1: was like Thirty Rock ended, and then this came on, didn't it? Mm.
0: Um,
1: but I think she, I think she was a writer on that on that thing that's also on Netflix
0: called Great News. Yeah, which I didn't like at all. I got maybe three episodes in, and it was doing nothing for me.
1: Yeah, that's um, I don't. Know she, yeah, she executive produced that. Yeah, I don't. Know if she wrote it. She must have. Mm. No, it was by Tracy Rick- Whitfield, but it was yeah. Um, so I don't know what she's doing next actually But I mean I love her I mean I absolutely adore her stuff I mean she wrote Mean Girls for God's sake um, Yeah So I don't really know what she's doing next um, I'm just having a quick look here Sorry mm-hmm. Yeah Great News is the last one that she's done So That's annoying Oh she's got a film coming out next year Called Wine Country Oh it's directed by Amy Polar. We do like Amy Poehler. We do. That's got the whole crew in it. Rachel Dratch, Anna Garcia, Paula Pell, Maya Rudolph. Oh, that's going to be a big one. Anyway, yes, mm. so that's what it is. So, we have some feedback. We, we do. do. And we've got, yeah, we've got quite a bit, actually. So, first of all, Hannah... Um, thank you for sending this here back in guys thank you for listening thank you for giving me the time of day Uh, Hannah said relating back to your episode on women in TV in your opinion would you believe that the UK television industry is better at representation of women with series like Fleabag and Derry Girls first of all Fleabag and Derry Girls are freaking brilliant if you're not watching either of them you have to Derry Girls I only discovered recently after being hounded by Lauren um, for years on to, to watch it well not years ever since it came out and it is fantastic it is fantastic and bag again I only watched it at Christmas just gone and it's just incredible um, yeah I would say yes and no with this because obviously yes it's fantastic I actually saw a tweet about this the other day it's fantastic that we have two shows that are doing so well and they're female like he- held but mm-hmm. they're two shows how many shows are on in the UK (laughs) you know yeah and um it's great and it's fantastic and obviously like I said Chi I'm pretty sure is also written and produced and helmed by women but the percentage is still so low so like I hate Mm -hmm. to be like the person that's like this isn't good enough like it's fantastic we should celebrate it but every time we seem to have a female-led you know TV show or film Captain Marvel we'll come back to that in a minute (laughs) it's like oh my god this is amazing it's the first time ever and it's like no it's not this has happened before it's just not very regular kind of thing so yeah i mean what do do you think
0: i agree with you i mean i going to yeah apart from blue Bag, dairy girls call the midwife i can't think of very many i mean i'm happy that that you know we've got a few but yeah i feel like like you we can do better we can have stories from like different kinds of women too which i think is important. I always think about um bodyguard, which obviously isn't like female led, but the fact that, you know, they had that whole potentially Islamophobic with the terrorist being like a Muslim woman and all that sort. Like I feel like we can get better still. We've got room for improvement. Room for always room for improvement, I think. Yeah. It's good. I think I'm optimistic.
1: Uh, these sorry, I just read the feedbacks. All pretty much related to the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So Matthew's wrote in and he said, "I was so disappointed to learn last week on the podcast that True Detective has had neither a female writer or director throughout all three seasons." So are we, Matthew? So are we. <laughs> How do you feel? Large popular TV shows like this should be held accountable. Um, personally, Ooh. I think there should be a minimum hire policy. Yeah. From production studios. But I feel like, as well, I mean, was it, was it, t- it was two years ago that Frances McDormand won the Oscar? Mm-hmm. And she said in a speech about riders, and this is where, you know, you're not going to commit to the project unless you say, I'm not working on this unless it's got a female director or unless you hire this many percentage, you know, people of minority or um, women. And mm-hmm. like most things in Hollywood, these great movements we have, it's gone nowhere. And I feel like some actors probably won't do that because they'll feel like, well, you know, they're just not going to hire me, they'll just hire someone else who's fine to work without, you know, Mm. women or minorities. And I feel like we need a bit more of that. I mean, I don't know if you've seen recently, but there's this thing where they're now saying people should commit to, in the next 18 months, 4% of the projects they work on or 4% of the crew should be female directed or something. Like I didn't know this. That's cool. It's cool, but like it's not enough.
0: No. And obviously a like a
1: minimal amount of people have signed up for it. I mean, I, I think mm. it's not 4%. It's called the... Um... Sorry, I should know this being a female director in this industry, but I just kind of <laughs> avoid Twitter lately because it's just nutcases. Yeah, it's something along the lines of in the next 18 months they will work with a female director. I mean, I think, to be honest, the only actor that's doing amazing with this kind of stuff is Nicole Kidman yeah that's true she's doing fantastic but yeah so that's sorry. True. that's how I feel like they should be more held more accountable if more big stars spoke up and said well you know I'm not doing mm-hmm. your show I'm not doing your film unless there's more I mean you forget some of these actors have so much pull I mean they sign first uh, refusal deals with studios with so many projects like they have more power than they let let on to be i mean mm. yeah obviously when, you, when you're when you up and coming in hollywood if you say well you know i'm not working on this unless there's a female crew they'll they will say yeah okay whatever but if you're like big big names like you know is tom cruise ever worked yeah. with a female director i doubt it you know big mm. massive names you know but you know i can't really think of big actors right now i'm just kind of like
0: Ugh. but yeah i know all of the names have like escaped it just me, escaped but me I, yeah I know that Michael B Jordan's um production company, I think it's called like Outlier or something. He has the inclusion rider policy, which I thought was really cool. And I like that Ryan Coogler, like it's one of my I think one of my favorite things I've heard any director say, but he was asked about because I think his cinematographer for all of his films, or at least most of his films has been um Rachel Morrison. Yeah. And when he was asked about that, and he said something like Um, you're a prisoner of your own perspective like I thought that was so important and and really true like you are you can only see as much as what your experience allows you to see so I'd really like more people to think that way and and, you know I think it's important
1: majorly I mean Mm. and like I said like those two people you just named there Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Cougar are people that have been ignored for quite a long time in regards to things I mean Ryan Cougar's career is insane I mean he's only done three films Like, and the three films he's made have been incredible. I mean, I wasn't a massive fan of Fruitvale Station, but the amount of, like, amazing, you know, experiences and feedback he got from it, that's a director we should all be listening to and we should all be, you know. I mean, it's just insane. It's just, it is just brilliant. It really is. I mean, he worked as a counsellor as well, didn't he? So maybe he's got Mm. a lot more, like, I don't know. Yeah, he's really cool. Uh, Sorry, yeah, so the next thing he's working on is... um, he will be directing Black Panther 2, and he's also going to be working on the Space Jam sequel that we oh. do not need.
0: No, but, so the first Space Jam movie was the first film I ever saw in the cinema. I was four. Oh, God. And, um, yeah, like, I vividly remember it, because I remember, cause you, uh, well, I'm, and my parents remember me. I spent the whole car journey back home talking about how cool it was that there was cartoon and real life in the yeah. same... that was, was like, It must have been like, one of the possible. first
1: films to do that.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay. It
1: was good. I did see it in cinema. I saw it on a pirate VHS, but <laughs> I absolutely loved it. And obviously, we can't talk about the um, song at the beginning of the film anymore, but I think they're actually thinking of removing that now, aren't they, from new releases or oh. something? Oh. I'm pretty oh, I sure I read something like that. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, you forget how great Space Jam is cast-wise. You've got Bill Murray, like Daddy DeVito is in Yeah. It. It's just... Yeah. Oh, oh, it's fantastic. But yeah. um, I love Space Jam. I'm glad you just mentioned that. It's made me feel good about myself. But yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I don't know how we got into Space Jam there, Matthew, but I hope that answers your question. <laughs> okay, and finally, from Chris. Chris said, It's so refreshing to hear someone talk about the process of making a film with such glee and enthusiasm. I think he's talking about me. Um, I'm -hmm. excited to see the new film coming out for Christmas and what it has to offer. But my question is, if you could change one thing that happened on set, what would it be? Oh. (laughs) Everything. No, I'm joking. To be honest, I... We obviously we had a few hiccups um i've I've recorded a, another podcast with Sophie about this, which will be out uh next week or the week after that kind of would delve into this a little bit but um I think the main thing i re- kind of regret not regret but wish th- wish I could change was more spec- more t- sorry I've just forgotten how to speak English <laughs> <laughs> I had all the words, but I couldn't put them into a sentence um it's spending more time with actors. I really wish I could have spent more time with them and just kind of had downtime and chill time. Like with lunch, like you, as a director, like as much as I'm eating lunch, I'm thinking about the next four hours we have to shoot and I'm thinking about what needs to be done next. And mm-hmm. you know, so I wish I could have just kind of sat down and just chilled. I mean, they they all did, which was great. And they got, they got along really well, but you forget like going back, I thought when we were on set that day, I thought about when we were on set of Foxhole and when we had everyone on set, it must've been day two, where it was like everyone on set, I'm never going to get all those people in a room together probably ever again because not everyone went to the wrap party, not everyone went to the premiere, you know, not everyone uh, went to the the fifth birthday party we had. Like, I very much Mm -hmm. doubt I'm ever going to get all those people in a room again. And you kind of realise, like because I love my actors I always do I always you know hire people that are talented but also people that I think are really great people and Mm -hmm. it's so great to hang out with them and it's so rare you get to do that in an environment where you're working but also like your children lay back enough to kind of enjoy it so so yeah I regret that but but I'm hoping to work with all of them again so hopefully you never know fingers crossed fingers crossed so yeah okay box office top 10 you ready for this Mm hmm. Okay, at number 10, we have Alita Battle Angel.
0: You seen this yet? Yeah, it was good. It was. Yeah, a- uh, I mean, yeah, it was enjoyable. I, d- I don't know if it's one of my favourites, but. <laughs> she was scary. I see what you mean about. Do her you face. see what I mean now? Yeah, I told you. I can see, yeah. Very, yeah, very often. One thing I didn't enjoy this week,
1: which a lot of people raised, was some people were basically saying that Captain Marvel beat Alita Battle Angel and someone very mm-hmm. correctly argued why when we have two films with two big budgets with two female leads do we have to compare them against each other it's like yep. people who were comparing Captain Marvel with Wonder Woman like yeah okay you're going to compare them in a certain sense but the fact that you know mm-hmm. one shouldn't have to beat the other these are two massive accomplishments for two big studios so you know yeah. shut up <laughs> um, at number nine it's event cinema so we won't talk about that at number eight it's The Kid Who Would Be King have you seen this yet?
0: no I didn't have you seen it? no I probably won't to be honest sorry
1: at <laughs> uh, number seven it's The Aftermath which is that film with Kieran Knightley still not seen it i don't know if i'm going to run to see it if i'm honest i doubt i'll see it if you held a gun to my head uh number six it's green book number five it's how to train your dragon the hidden world number four it's instant family i think it's amazing that this film is doing so great still because usually these these kind of comedies kind of disappear but i think the heart in this film is clearly Mm. resonating in people because it's like number four after it uh, must have been well, I mean I I think I saw it a month ago or something like that. Yeah, it's ago. been a while. Yeah, it's been out for four weeks or a month now, so you know, it's it's doing great. It's um fantastic, but yeah. Uh number three is the Lego Movie Two. I still need to see it. I'm just not as Yeah, I've still not seen it. I'm not like uh what's the word? I'm just not jumping Stan. for joy with it or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You're
0: not a Lego stand.
1: Uh, funnily enough, How to Train Your Dragon has done better at the box office than Lego Movie Two.
0: Ah, I'm so, not sure if that surprises me. I feel like there's a there's a fan follow following. For I was gonna say it is Dragon. the third movie, isn't it? So yeah. yeah, I don't know. But
1: I mean, I do. I think I'm seeing Lego Movie two this week or something like that. So we'll see. Mm. Uh, and number two, it's fighting with my family. This has Storm the box office. It's doing really yeah. well with reviews. It's I've doing, not seen it yet. Yeah, it's doing great. I mean, I, when I first saw the posters, I was kind of like, oh, I don't think I'll see that. And then I watched, <laughs> listened to some podcasts, watched some interviews, and I think, you know what? That actually looks like quite a good film. So I'm going to hopefully see that this week too. Nice. And at number one, it's a little film you might have heard of called Captain Marvel. Woo-hoo. dun Dun-dun-dun. I never in my life thought that I would see a film where the fight sequence is off a girl and in the background is no doubt playing Just a Girl. Yes. It was so good. We're going to we're going to so talk about Captain Marvel in more detail later and don't worry we're going to do a section which is just will be no spoilers we're just going to generalize in the film talking about our faults and things like that. And then we will give you a warning, and then we will talk about spoilers. So if you have watched it, you can listen and enjoy. If you haven't, you can cut it off and go do something else. And then come back later and finish it off. I hope. But yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but first of all, we're going to talk about new releases, because there's a lot coming out this week.
0: Yeah. We've got... Triple Frontier on Netflix has got me really excited. Yeah, we've
1: got a lot coming out on Netflix. We've got seven films coming out at the cinema on Friday. Seven. Nice. So yeah, I mean, what's coming out on
0: Netflix? Tell us triple frontier with my husband Oscar Isaac. I don't know if any of you follow me on Twitter, but it's kind of a running joke that me and Oscar Isaac are married. And the running joke might just be between me and myself. It but, is. Um, <laughs> he's just, he's the best. So it's got him in it and I think Charlie Hunnam and Garrett Hedlund. And it's hilarious to me that we've got them in a movie together because I, like, for the longest time, thought they were the same person. They are um, very alike. Very alike. Yeah. And I feel like Ben Affleck And yeah, but I so I'm not quite sure what it's about, but it's about sort of ex-navy or military veterans or whatever who decide that they're going to pull off a heist job in um, South America. But it's a J.C. Chandor film, so I imagine there's probably going to be a lot of like interesting character stuff, and um, it's not going to be like your surface level um, heist Mm -hmm. movie. And I've heard good things. I'm really excited to watch it. I think it came out today. Yeah, um, it's
1: uh, I mean it's quite a, a big change for J.C. Chandler because obviously Margin Call and All Is Lost and My Funny year. they were very different, I mean obviously they're all set in different timelines, they're all different locations and cinematography wise it's all quite different, so with this it's not s- s- so surprising that he has a new one, but it's mm. wrote by him and Mark Boll who obviously we know from a lot of Catherine Bigelow films, so I'm excited for the story, yeah. and obviously like you said Ben Affleck's in it, and Pedro Pascal who I always love seeing and stuff um, mm. But yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's released today um, on Netflix. But it looks quite, it looks quite interesting. I mean, originally it was going to star Tom Hanks and Johnny Depp. And it was going to be directed...
0: by Ali. Yeah,
1: and it was going to be directed by Catherine Bigelow. So it's been one oh. of these films where it's kind of like dropped in, dropped out. Channing Tatum was going to be in it. Tom Hardy was going to be in it. Then Tatum and Hardy dropped out and they dropped in. And then... Um, It was going to be Mark Wahlberg, and that it was going to be um, Ben Affleck left the film, and Ben Affleck come back it's been a mess and usually when it's been a mess it usually means it's not a very good film but it seems like it's just been a kind of struggle of um, directors and production studios and things like that but I mean it's been in the works for nine years so hopefully Mm. it's going to live up to potential I mean review wise it's got a pretty solid you know thing on Rotten Tomatoes and you know Metacritic and things like that so I'm looking forward to it I think it's it's nice to get something like this on Netflix it's nice that it's not you know the same kind of stuff and it's but again where's the advertising i've not seen a single advert for this on my netflix account yeah i mean
0: i think i've seen it on twitter but not on netflix yeah shocking, mm. but
1: yes yeah, so that that's that's a good one um good to see ben affleck back as well because obviously he's going through quite a hard time right now yeah <laughs> is he in rehab or is he out of rehab or i'm not
0: sure i'm not sure but yeah he he, he looks yeah, I just sometimes.
1: I just feel like Jennifer Garner just bless her just she had a lot, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so coming out this week, we've got another Ben. It's Ben is back. Now this is directed by Peter Hedges and it stars Julian Ju, sorry, Julia Roberts and Lucas Hedges. <laughs> I didn't realize that Lucas Lucas Hedges is dad was the director of What's Eating Gilbert Grape and like and About a Boy. Oh. I thought Lucas Hedges was just like, you know, this random person who grew in the A twenty four studios and became this, you know, actor. Yeah. But no, he is a second generation Hollywood person, so mm. that explains a lot. I'm just kidding. He's a very talented actor. I think he's fantastic. He is, yeah. So Ben is back. The storyline is a drug addicted teenager boy shows up unexpectedly at his family home on Christmas Eve. Um, it looks a lot like that Tim- Timothee Chamelet film Beautiful Boy I got them
0: confused when people were first talking about them
1: I did too and then I got the other film with Lucas Hedges and Nicole Kidman confused which was Boy Erased, Boy Erased very yeah. confusing all these Bs. Yeah. Um it's had okayish reviews I mean I do kind of want to see it because I love Julia Roberts and I love Lucas Hedges but mm. I don't know if it looks all that interesting
0: yeah no, I see what you mean. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to run to see it, but I do want to see
1: it. You use this phrase quite a lot lately run to see it. Do you actually literally run <laughs> to see things? Or was it Sometimes. just Captain Marvel?
0: Might have just been Captain Marvel. Might have just
1: that was been. so good. Okay, the, also out this week is What Men Want. Um, this is the female reversal of the Mel Gibson film What Women Want. Um so it's directed by Adam Shankman and it stars Taraji P. Hansen. Now Adam Shankman is the director of Hairspray or Walk to Remember. Like he did some great films, but I mean obviously great when I was like sixteen. I thought they were amazing yeah. films. Um so yeah, this is um it's good to see kinda return in a way. So obviously the storyline is uh, a woman oh sorry. I can't read words. <laughs> I've got like an ulcer in my mouth and it's kinda of, like killing me right now, so I'm just like, uh oh, no. Needs to get some bonjella. Uh, a woman boxed out by the male sports agents in her profession gains an unexpected edge over them when she develops the ability to hear men's thoughts. Would you want to hear men's thoughts? I don't
0: know. I, don't I feel like we hear enough me... of them anyway. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. No. I don't know. I don't. Want I to... don't know how much we would hear. Like what? I don't know whether they think. <laughs> As much, no. I should probably clear that up before you guys think that I'm about to say, "Well, men are stupid." No, but yeah. like I'm a real overthinker, so I struggle any time I have to. Does anyone think as much as me? Don't know.
1: I feel like that sometimes because I, I,
0: I overthink and then
1: I, I don't know. Like I think about ridiculous things and that. Like last night in bed, I was thinking about an argument I had at work four years mm. ago, <laughs> and like how I should have done it better. And I was like, it was four years ago. Like. Yeah. Move on now, you know. Um, when this first got advertised, I was like, "That sounds really interesting. you know, I'd mm-hmm. like to see it. I love to heart Tarji B. Henson, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I mean it has been slated by, by the critics, but I think that's just because of the kind of makeup of the film. but yeah, it does seem like quite a funny film, so I might, you know, yeah, I think I oh might I feel like it would have been a good Netflix movie. Yeah, I think I'll wait till it's on Netflix. Mm. more than likely Uh, also out this week is The Prodigy Um, this is directed by Nicholas McCarthy Uh, he's a pretty um, new director sorry I'm getting confused here Nicholas McCarthy It stars Taylor Schilling who we all know as Piper from Mm -hmm. Orange is the New Black a mother concerned about her young son's disturbing behaviour thinks something supernatural may be affecting him um it's good to see that Orange is the New Black cast doing well because I was quite worried like when the TV show was over that they'd all just kind of disappear. But yeah. um, this looks very alike to an Irish horror film that we talked about a few weeks ago. I don't know if you remember.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I forgot what that was yeah. called, but it seems like there's a lot of horror films now that are using the same dynamic as the Bad Book with, with like the single mom, it's the child, is the child evil, is the child possessed, kind of like very repetitive. Yeah. I don't really know why, you know. But whatever. Um, Also, out is The Vanishing. This sounds like a film that was out a few years ago, but it's not. Apparently, it's brand new. Yeah, I was going to say. Even the poster looks very familiar. Um, So, this is directed (laughs) by Christopher Nyholm. It stars Gerard Butler. Um, Yes, he has another film out this year. Uh, So, three lighthouse keepers on the remote Flannan Isles find a hidden trunk of gold leading to their mysterious disappearances. It has been absolutely slated in reviews. And again, like I said, it just looks like a film that was out five years
0: ago. I don't really know. Yeah, it definitely sounds like one that was out. Yeah. And it probably, the other one probably starred Gerard Butler too.
1: It, I know, honestly. Seriously, <laughs> I think the poster has been reused. Um, yeah. Also out, I'm excited for this one. I don't know if you are too. It's called Girl. It's directed by Lucas Dunt, I believe. And it stars mm-hmm. Victor Polster. Ara is a 15-year-old girl born in the body of a boy who dreams of becoming a ballerina now this won at Cannes and it was nominated for the golden globe and it's had massive festival success so i'm mm-hmm. really excited i'm hoping that the newcastle cinema is going to be showing it because i'm going to try and pop there and see it because it looks like a film that should be in the cinema i mean i love i did ballet as a kid so i just love ballet on film obviously that's why i had ballet and demi so mm. i'm really hoping it's going to be a good one have you heard of it no, but I'm going to watch it now. That sounds really cool. If I show you the poster, I think you might have seen it somewhere, perhaps. Ah, okay. Maybe. Um, Two more left. So we've got Under the Silver Lake. Now, this is directed by David Rod- Robert Mitchell. Uh, the director mm-hmm. did It Follows. Ah. yeah so it's his first return back after that it stars andrew garfield and riley keogh uh so sam intelligent without purpose finds a mysterious woman swimming in his apartment pool one night the next morning she disappears sam sets off across la to find her and along the way he uncovers a conspiracy far more bizarre as always as always it's had okay reviews <laughs> i mean i feel okay. i feel like we haven't seen andrew garfield forever the last thing he yeah. did was that film breathe with claire foy um uh, yeah. but i yeah i feel like and it's always good to see riley keogh so i'm gonna try mm. and see this because i think it's gonna be a bit creepy i really liked yeah. it follow so yeah
0: i know it sounds good that's good and
1: lastly, hmm. it's Fisherman's Friends, and this is directed by Chris Foggan. He's a pretty new director, um, mm-hmm. and it stars Daniel Mays, who you'll probably recognise from Luther. Everything, if you Google him, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, that guy," one of them faces. And it's about ten fishermen from Cornwall, assigned by Universal Records, and achieve a top ten hit with their debut album of Sh- Sea Shanties. Uh-huh. this looks cool. like a typical not typical but this looks like a feel good British film, we seem to do a lot of these films every year, a bit like Finding Your Feet Sun. and um, sunshine Hampstead, on Sunshine on Leaf and things like mm. this so it's, uh, it looks nice I'm probably not going to go see it though <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: it looks like a film like your Nana would go see you know It'll be I mean? on TV. It'll be yeah. on Channel Four. It'll be on Channel Four. It'll be on BBC yeah. One. But yeah, um, but yeah, that's. I mean, like I said, there's loads coming out this week. It seems to be a massive yeah. surge. So, yeah, it's crazy. And now, it is time <laughs> to reveal what we thought of Captain Mar Vell. You'll get that joke if you watch the film. You will. I'd like you to start. I'd like you to begin. I'd like you to begin. I mean... I'd like Yeah, I'd like you to begin.
0: I mean, I just thought it was so good. Like, that's pretty... Like, I just thought it was great. I thought it, it utilised the 90s really well. I thought Brie Larson was great. I thought it was nice to see Nick Fury being more than just the Nick Fury that we know. It's like, you know, we got his backstory. We got a little more character from him. I thought Samuel Jackson was great. Um, it was just fun and empowering and I kind of wanted to learn how to kick someone's ass once I'd seen it (laughs) um but yeah I I thought it was really good what do you think
1: sorry that pause and sounded like I was going to destroy it but it wasn't I was just catching my breath (laughs) um I I mean I went into this film and I had I went in with low expectations because I thought Mm. I don't I feel like a lot of people with films like this is they kind of put too much on it to succeed and to do great because oh it's the first female led film or it's the first female directed film if it doesn't Mm -hmm. do amazing it's not a success well you know Mm -hmm. we put too much pressure on that kind of stuff I went into this film and I wanted to see what it would be like to finally see a back story and a lead story of a female superhero in this world that we've known for so long, like, what, 10 years now? These have been going on, these films. Mm. And it was so great to see that. And it was so great to see a woman fighting a bunch of men. It was so great to see, you know. It took me back to when Iron Man 2, when you had, you know, the Black Widow for the first time, when she beats everyone up in that at, in the the building and, ha- yeah. and happy still beating up that one guy. Um yeah. And that scene, when I first saw that scene Iron Man 2, I was like, wow, that is so freaking cool. Like, obviously, we've had, like, Lara Croft, and we've had, like, you know, um, God, what's Resident Evil? Like, you've had, like, these Mm. women that have been really cool. But that, I remember seeing that scene and thinking, this is so cool, she's a superhero. Like, it's amazing. But obviously, Black Widow doesn't have, like, superpowers, so technically, there's a bit of an argument there. And with this film, like, even when you see her training with, like, Jude Law it's just so cool and I think one of the greatest things that we kind of get through this film is that Carol's um, she's uh, criticized a lot throughout the film by Jude Law and throughout the other crees about having too many emotions and that she's too Mm -hmm. emotional and that her emotion Mm -hmm. will get the better of her and I feel like women get told that quite a lot and I feel like the fact that this film kind of embodies the fact that you can be emotional and you can still kick ass. You can be emotional. You can still be successful. And do you know what? Your emotion sometimes drives you forward and gives you that yeah. drive and that determination to achieve what you want. And that's what mm. I really enjoyed about this film. And another thing I really, really loved is that there was no love interest. There was no love Ooh. interest. There was no relationship. There was no relationship drama. There was no... I mean, that's for me where Wonder Woman kind of... I think the, with Wonder Woman, the storyline between Diana and Steve Trevor, it is brilliant and it's lovely. And you kind of, you know, when you realise that she's that he's, he's died and she's kind of moved on, you kind of realise, oh, God, that's so sad. Like, she found someone that understood her in this world where nobody really understands her and now he's gone and she's on her own. And mm-hmm. it was lovely to kind of see that. But it was so good in this to kind of have... You know She's got all these things going on, and she's doing it for herself. She's doing it for these people. She's doing it to save these people. She's not doing it to get happy ever after. I mean, she just does it because it's what's right, and it's what's good. And even though she's been taught this whole other side of things, like, this is what she's doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she was just... It was funny, and I feel like with Brie Larson, she has... So funny. She has the ability. I mean, when she first meets Nick Fury and Phil Coulson, she's just it's very like matter of fact with her and she's got that ability to just be you know cocky and funny and still vulnerable and I loved her like you said her scenes with Fury were so fantastic it wasn't forced it felt natural and it was so great because obviously in the other films like we first see Nick Fury in Iron Man 2 and obviously Mm. he's there with a mission and then with Avengers Assemble he's there with a mission Captain America he's there with a mission like in this film we see him kind of a little bit vulnerable and a little mm. bit you know gullible and a little bit you know he doesn't know about alias he doesn't know about you know the tesseract he doesn't know about any of this stuff he's learning it all for the first time so it was kind of like us a little bit and it was really great to see him in that position where he hasn't got that Damage, he hasn't got that loss, he hasn't got that betrayal yet. Like we've seen him go through I mean, Winter Soldier, I think is a brilliant Nick Fury film because we see him go through so many stages of you know, being almost being assassinated, then being betrayed, then being saved, you know, then having to kind of fake his own death and then come back Mm -hmm. again. Like this is him back in the day of just being you know, being a young gun, really. Yeah. And I thought it was fantastic. And you know what? The CGI i couldn't even tell after a while that it was younger him it just felt natural i mean what do you think i can tell
0: with him well i can tell with him but i could tell with colson it was more obvious looked very airbrushed he did but um i didn't hate it i still didn't hate it it didn't it didn't mess yeah i still i didn't i didn't mind
1: no, and I think it's, it's again the comedy in this film. There was a few. I mean, I will be. I mean, it's not. It's not a perfect film. It was never meant to be. There mm. are a few. There are a few lines that are a bit forced. There are a few jokes that are a little bit cheesy. There are a few situations that are a little bit naff. But tell me any Marvel film (laughs) that doesn't have those things. This is the thing, you know, this isn't the first time a film's come out, a Marvel film, there's a few cringy lines. I mean, there's cringy lines in every single Marvel film. Even, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I think Avengers Age of Ultron is probably the worst because some of the jokes in that film are just pure dreadful. Um, But for what it was worth to do a film about someone who doesn't know who they are and doesn't know where they're from it had Mm -hmm. some elements of captain america and obviously that's my favorite section of the marvel universe Mm -hmm. and it was i mean i don't like all the cgi i did so i didn't enjoy all the cgi i thought some of it was quite cringy i thought some of it was a little bit poor but Mm. it's a different route that they're going in i mean this is a different time this is a different um you know yeah, I just. Yeah, that was a little bit I didn't really enjoy particularly, but
0: for a cast, Annette Benning was fantastic. Ben so Mendelsohn, good. fantastic. He, I, I, my favorite thing about Ben Mendelsohn in this film is that you can see you can see him behind like Tolos's face you, you can see can. him yes. you can see when he's cracking the joke you can see that he's very present and like that was my favorite thing about about him in this movie and do you know what as well the um this is it sh- is it shroll shroll yeah, I, it sounded like scroll when you were saying it. I was really con- I think I think it's scroll.
1: Scroll, yeah. So when the scrolls obviously um come into the story, like they're very jarring mm. the way they look. It reminded me of um Jeepers Creepers a little bit. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, and then through time with Ben Mendelssohn, like his charm just seemed to turn it on and it obviously become a little bit more like familiar throughout the film. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean it was great to see Gemma Chan, I well, thought Gemma Chan was brilliant as well, as Minerva. She was um very 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 good um and Jude Law as well I um I think that uh uh so I was going to say yeah I think I read somewhere that um Robert Downey Jr actually worked with him on his performance ah
0: cool. yeah because obviously they they were together in the yeah. Sherlock
1: Holmes films which apparently yeah. they're
0: going to have a third one I didn't like the any like I didn't like the either of the others, so I don't know if I'll watch the I watched. I don't one. think
1: I've even seen them, so I can't really say anything like that. But um, yeah, I overall that's cool. I thought it was a great addition. Mm. I thought it was a great. What's wrong? Who's at the door? No one's there. No one's there. It's okay. Simba's just being a guard dog again, and apparently someone was trying to attack the house, but it's all good there's no one there you're fine well I hope there's no one there anyway sorry yes um, it was great it tied in I thought it was a great diversion I mean it did remind me of Ant-Man in a way the fact that it was part of this universe but also a little bit of stand Yeah. Um,
0: I've, yeah
1: so yeah it was good anything else you want to add?
0: I so it's interesting what you said about um, the love interest so I'm happy I agree with you I'm happy that they didn't give her one but I will, I was a little bit disappointed cuz I thought through her flashbacks and when she's like you know there's a, there's a portion of the film where she's forgotten who she was and that sort of thing and she begins to rediscover it and they show her with um Lashana Lynch's character Maria, Maria Rambo and they look like they're a couple and yeah. Monica's their daughter yeah and then yeah and it wasn't that way maria was like you know you're my best friend carol and am i like, really though are you sure you weren't like married and that and i loved monica rambo like i want that girl back she's such a light i thought she was so cool it was um it was yeah so yeah i feel like that's where my criticism is as well as like the cgi especially i feel like during the beginning um when they first wherever that covert mission was um but yeah it was that it was that kind of I didn't believe that Maria and Carol were just friends based on how they'd developed this flashback situation.
1: Yeah, no I um, I know what you mean. I think mm. I mean there's been some hoo-ha online because a lot of some people have said like oh I think that Captain Marvel could be easily wrote in as um being a gay character and obviously Mm -hmm. some people kicked off of that i mean i think it would have been hard for her it would have been i think too much to go back to having a daughter as well Mm. so maybe that's probably why they didn't do it because the kind of connection would have been i don't know a little bit too harsh i don't know but i mean i with you i do agree that i think this relationship they had or friendship they had or whatever it was it was obviously very very strong and I don't... Yeah, I think there was... A, they could have done a little bit more there because it was kind of mm. like... I know that in her mind Maria always thought that she wasn't dead and Monica. Yeah. But it was kind of like there was not a lot of reaction, was there? It was kind of like, oh, you're alive. We thought you were kind of thing. Yeah, um, I kept a
0: box of your stuff.
1: Okay, here's your jacket kind of thing. So yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> with, I'm with you on that one actually. I mean, mm. I know that um, I know that Brie Larson said that Maria is the representation of love within the film but I think if that is the case there should have been a lot more there. In a yeah. way, There was one scene as well where it's um Carol, Maria and Fury talking outside in the field and the crickets are so loud. I don't know if oh, you remember. Yeah. And yes, obviously yes, yes. this is a problem when you shoot in like Southern America. I, I mean I remember when they, with Sophia Copeland said, when they shot the um uh sorry I've just forgotten the name, but her latest film they had to dub a lot of the voices because the, the cricket noise was so so loud. Ah. But um yeah, it was Yeah, it was a bit off-putting, but yeah. Mm. What did you think of, obviously, Lee Pace coming back as Ronan the Accuser?
0: It was so good to have him back. It was, it I, was good. He's so cool. He just makes me happy. Like, I remember, I was a big Pushing Daisies fan. Oh, God's name. Yeah, so anytime I see Lee Pace anywhere, I'm like, oh, it's Pushing Daisies, Lee
1: Pace. Did you ever watch the film The Fall as well? No, I didn't. Oh, it's a absolutely stunning film it's absolutely okay, beautiful it's um it's actually directed by an indian director Tarsim singh and it's yeah it's a beautiful film he's mm. in that that's what i know knew him from first of all but yeah it was great to see Lee pace i mean it was good i mean the guardians of the galaxy kind of section of the marvel universe i've struggled with a little bit because it's not my favorite thing like i wouldn't mm. you know but i like they kind of incorporated a lot of that from Mm-hmm. into this film which was which was quite good I I like the CGI of that kind of world would it be Cree, Um, Star, Star Force is what the kind of team is called but wherever, yeah. wherever that kind of planet is where the Crees live I don't know what it's called sorry um, is it Hala? yeah that's it sorry yeah it sounds like that um, what did you think of the flashbacks to when she was a little
0: girl? Um, I liked them I thought they were a bit dramatic, but I liked them. I like, the, <laughs> I, I like the sentiment. I like the uh, you know the idea of um, human girls fall down and get up and they're fine and we can kick ass and it's it's just the way that it is. Mm. Um, I liked that. I did like that she got up every time, but yeah, they were dramatic. I mean, I wasn't the only one to think they were a bit. dramatic. I didn't like the looking at the camera thing. Oh yeah
1: it felt a little bit like a like an advert in a way um the just do it nike adverts yes yes Mm. i thought that um serena williams was gonna pop out at one point (laughs) um so yeah Yeah. i'm glad you're with me on that one um i feel like we could have had a little bit more as well because it just kind of felt like the the flashbacks were a little bit severe at times a little bit jarring as well um mckenna grace obviously plays her younger self mckenna grace is in bloody everything i know she's Everything. everyone's favorite child Every- actor. she's the, she's the young captain marvel she's the young Itonia. she's the young yeah. sabrina in the sabrina's teenage witch um she must be young something else she was chris evans like niece in that movie she Gifted, was which is she a really was cute movie she was yeah she was young mm. theodora in the haunting of hill house oh yeah literally her resume she was young emma swan in once upon a time she was young caroline forbes in the cam, in the vampire diaries she was young abby fisher in csi i mean i'm not slating the girl she's obviously got a very great career She's hustling you know yeah. she's she's hustling she's 12 years she's old hustling. and she's doing amazing <laughs> um but damn girl yeah um uh what was i gonna say yeah she's her next thing she's in is I an mean, untitled annabelle film um, which is on the Annabelle mm. dolls so that can fuck off. Mm. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Overall, I think you know there's a lot. It's. I hope this opens the door, but you know I will say this one thing: when I mm-hmm. when I was watching it, when I got to the end, I generally did feel sorry for Black Widow, because a lot of the time when I was sitting there, I thought this should have been your film, and it should have happened mm. five, six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. She Do she you know what I mean? Around because i just thought like it was great and it was great to see us. and like i said like one of the most you know for me like i love superhero films mm. but one of the things that has annoyed me few time is that she's just never had her own film and there never seems to be an explanation as yeah. to why you know yeah, i mean shafted a lot she doesn't I mean scarlett johansson obviously she's had a lot of bad press she's had a lot of bad you know she said a lot of things um but she sells movies. Like people will go see a Scarlett Johansson movie. I mean, mm. we've seen it even when she's playing someone not of her race. Yeah, you know she's my favorite Asian. So it's it's <laughs> sellable, you know, it's sellable to happen. Um, and yet they just they've never done it, and it's really no. silly. And like the fact, I mean, I'm sorry, but it's Captain Marvel only happened as a reactory to Wonder Woman. You can't tell mm-hmm. me that that's not the case. Mm. you know um, mm. so yeah just watching it I just kind of felt like what the Black Widow movie would have been like you know it would have you know you could have had Nick Fury you could have had Tony Stark like you could have had all these things and yeah it just made me a little bit sad that I mean she's she's been in Iron Man 2 The Avengers Captain America Winter Soldier Captain America Civil War Age of Ultron Infinity War Cap- mm. sorry you know, she's in all these films. It's just... I don't know. I just feel like they've, cop- yeah. they've copped out a little bit. So, you know. But it is what it is. I mean, I'm glad we've got this film. I'm glad that we're actually apparently finally now getting a Black Widow film. Yeah. But it just feels like it could have been, you know, a little should bit have happen- Yeah, it should have already happened. should have already happened. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, so that's the end of our spoiler-free Captain Marvel review. So, if you haven't seen the film... You need to turn this podcast off right now. Okay, now we can talk about Captain Marvel. The spoilers. Oh. Okay, so we'll start from the beginning. Um, so we'll go through. So obviously, the beginning of the film, we've got um, Viz, as she's referred to, and mm-hmm. she's obviously having these dreams where she's kind of flashing back and she's seeing Annette Bening and she's not sure who Annette Benning is. And then we kind of have her kind of wake up Jude Law now this is where I thought that maybe Jude Law was the love interest
0: yeah I, I, thought, did, oh. I did think it
1: because it was a little bit flirty it's like she was knocking on the door and she was like can't sleep and he's like why do you do this and she's like because then I'll be sleeping and I was kind of like oh god I don't know what's going on here kind of thing <laughs> um So obviously there's that going on. And then we have them going on a mission to rescue an undercover Kree operative. And this is the first time we see the Skrulls, um, who are obviously shapeshifters. Um, And during this mission, we get captured. Not we, sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She gets captured and Mm -hmm. they take her to a memory probe and they're trying to find out. And it was really weird here because I was trying to work out whether it was Ben Mendelsohn's accent. Because it's quite comical when you first hear it. It is because it's an australian accent isn't it yeah so it is quite comical at first because obviously we're we're hearing we're seeing these things and we're going back in time and we're seeing annette benny again and i'm trying to work out who annette benny is and things like that Mm -hmm. and so she escapes from this memory probe she beats the shit out of a bunch of scrolls it's a very cool scene because her hands are actually they're trapped aren't they in like these um What do you call them? I don't know. Yeah, these
0: things that don't let her use her hands. (laughs) (laughs) Trappers. Uh, She beats
1: the crap out of him. She escapes in a pod and she crashes. Where else? But LA. And she crashes into, where else? But a blockbuster. A
0: blockbuster. A
1: blockbuster. And um, so she crashes into a blockbuster and she finds a way to get in touch with Jude Law and basically explain where she is and... um, that they're going to come to get her. Now this is the point where you kind of start suspecting Jude Law and what's going on and things like that, don't you? Mhm. Yeah. yeah. Which I didn't see coming actually. Maybe I didn't read the trailers properly, but I didn't see that coming. Um and obviously when a kind of alien like life form crashes into a blockbuster, guess who turns up? None other than Nick Fury and Phil Coulson. So this is the first time we see them when they've got like the CGI young makeup on and mm-hmm. um the kind of repertoire between them is just so so funny she's just like what did she say she's just like yep, yeah, i'm cree i'm
0: uh <laughs> for the captain so Planet he said something about yeah something about how she was wearing a laser tag outfit yeah and then she starts
1: and then obviously this
0: gets interrupted
1: by a scroll attack and it is one of the coolest sequences it's a bit like fast and furious very cool cool. so obviously they're on this they're on this train and she this is where she beats the crap out of the old lady which you would have seen to death in all of the trailers it's very Mm -hmm. very funny um very Very funny sequence very cool and nick fury is obviously chasing up the street with who he thinks is colson but it's actually a, a, a scroll that he kills. Now I feel quite bad because obviously later in the film we realize that the scrolls were kind of fucked over. So I kind of feel bad every time that a scroll was killed because you know yeah. they were actually not the bad guys.
0: They just wanted somewhere to live. They just wanted someone <laughs> to live. Um. So yeah. So then we end up
1: um seeing Ben Mendelssohn for the first time, not in his um scroll get up, um mm-hmm. just looking at himself. And obviously he convinces Fury to meet with um Captain Marvel again or oh, sorry Veers as we know her at this point and mm-hmm. to continue and then we find out that obviously Ben Mendelssohn's character who is uh, Director Keller is actually a scroll. Um, it's Talos in disguise um, so they go and visit this kind of secret um, US Air Force place where this, mm-hmm. um, where Annette Benning previously worked and um, they sorry Get so they get they get to the place, don't they? They get to the office of where she worked, and that's when they find Goose, the cat, isn't it? Yeah, ah, yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, So, yeah. So, obviously, they um get discovered by the um by Shield, and obviously, mm-hmm. we have this moment. This is the last we see of Carlson, actually. So,
0: is it? Oh, yeah, it is. Yes,
1: yeah. so obviously, Carlson is new on the job, which we discover, and he sees that Captain Marvel. Sorry, this, and uh, Fury are escaping, and he just lets them go. And it's really lovely, because it kind of takes you back to, like, Avengers, when he sacrifices himself, and it's like, oh, no, mm. oh, you deserve so much more. Um, yeah. It's a lovely little moment, but that's the last we see of Coulson. He's not in it at all. I do feel
0: like... I think we see him again. When? I think it's towards the end when um he... You know, it's one of the post credit scenes, I think. Oh, yeah. That,
1: that's in the film, isn't it? No.
0: <laughs> well, I mean... Yeah, we
1: see him right but for me like because he was on the post and stuff I thought he'd be in the story like throughout the whole thing
0: yeah he'd be a little more present
1: yeah so it was a little bit like mm. misleading there so after they escape from this place they discover so basically they discover some documents don't they that basically point out that these had a life on earth mm-hmm. and she works out this Annette Bening person she sees in her dreams is Dr. Wendy Lawson and then her and Fury and Goose the cat escape in a quad jet and fly to Louisiana to meet Mar- Maria Rambeau who is in the pictures and is presumably her friend because obviously she gives testimony doesn't she yeah yeah, yeah that, about the death and <sighs> um, and then we arrive in Louisiana and obviously Talos arrives as well and this is where we basically find out the big a bit of a twist in the story isn't it a little bit of a twist Mm, I didn't see it coming I didn't see it coming so obviously um, um. Vs finds out that she's actually Carol Danvers she finds out that she was on this secret mission she finds out you know that she has been basically kidnapped and brainwashed by the Krees but we also find out that the scrolls are actually refugees and they're actually searching for a new home and that Dr. Wendy Lawson played by Nick Benning was a Cree renegade helping them so it basically kind of shows that the Krees were basically savages really like yeah. Yeah, they really just really flips it on his head. Flips on the heads a little bit. It's very mm. it's very Thanos like as well, isn't it, about just destroying mm. things and becoming your own. Um mm-hmm. and they replay a black box message from um Lawson's plane, and that's when um Carol remembers regains all her memories and remembers the day of the crash and that's how she got her powers um through an explosion. And obviously Jude Law's just taken the opportunity and stole her. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um And then we find out that, so yeah, so then obviously we leave, um, this is another thing, we didn't see a lot of Maria and Monica, did we?
0: No, I would have liked a lot more Maria and Monica, I would especially have, Monica. Yeah, I think that if there is, I
1: mean they are going to probably make a sequel because this made like £12 million in like yeah. a week. Um so, yeah, so we don't see Maria and Monica anymore, obviously. There's some very, very nice moments between Carol and Monica where they talk about, you know, girl empowerment and things like that. And it's very sweet. And like you said, like, clearly there was a lot of relationship here beforehand that we're not
0: delving into or exploring. Um, so, yeah, that's... apparently Monica Rambeau was, um, like, the original Captain Marvel. This is the thing, so obviously in the comic books, there's, mm. a, di-
1: there's a lot of different Captain Marvels. So. Yeah whether in time because obviously you've got to remember as well if we're in Avengers Endgame Monica's gonna be a little bit older by then so she'd Mm. be what I don't know late 30s or something so you never know there might be a little tie in there yeah
0: because
1: obviously we'll get to the ending then but we'll talk about the ending in a second um so yeah, so Talos takes um, them to this um, cloaked planet, which is where some of the Kree's have been hiding. So this was um, Lawson's secret lab, wasn't it? Where she was mm-hmm. kind of um, basically shielding things. And they find the Tesseract. This thing pops up in every bloody film. I'm sick. Of, yeah, I'm sick of Easter seeing egg. the thing. I'm sick of seeing the thing.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's of course the source of the energy core. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um but of course star force arrives which is jude law Gemma chan and the posse and they bring her to the supreme intelligence and this is where we kind of get a um a bit of a power struggle and it's about her basically finally using her emotion to overpower and she just kind of becomes the strongest thing in the world basically that's what you can say isn't it yeah no, for sure. She's overdoing it. And then, of course, there's a big fight sequence, and no doubt, I'm Just a Girl comes on, and it is so
0: freaking cool. The yeah. way it
1: leads into it. I mean, the soundtrack throughout this film's great. I mean, TLC's playing a lot, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, So it's, it, was, it was good. It was
1: really good. It's just, it's just brilliant. It really is. Um, and obviously, throughout all this battle, I mean, Fury has this goose cat, and it's fantastic. I mean, the comedy between Fury and this cat <laughs> is so so great yeah. and obviously it's revealed that it's a flurkin, which is an alien with a pocket dimension inside the body Um and I'm pretty sure that there is a joke in one of the previous films about Fury losing his eye because a cat scratched it out
0: I hadn't considered it but now you've said it yes there is I, I don't know whether it's, like it's a
1: Captain America film ...or an Avengers film... ...but I'm pretty sure... ...maybe it's Iron Man... ...that jokes around about... ...oh I heard that... ...a cat scratched it... ...or something... Um, ...but obviously... ...the cat scratches the eye... um, Mm -hmm. ...and that's what... ...what ends up... ...penultimately blinding him... Um, ...but yeah... ...so there's a lot of funny elements... ...with that... ...I thought the cat was lovely... (laughs) (laughs) ...so cute... ...was great... ...and then obviously... ...Ronan the Accuser turns up... ...and this is where we get... ...a very cool... ...empowering speech... ...from um, Carol... And he flees away and basically pisses himself, to be quite honest, isn't it? <laughs> he does, so it was, yeah. Yeah, it was quite good. Um, so, yeah, very cool. And she sends him back with a warning. So, obviously, there's a lot more to come and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, near in the end, obviously, Carol says goodbye to Maria and Monica because she's going to depart and help the Scrolls find a home world. Now, this is the ending that I quite liked because it wasn't a happy ever after. It was mm. kind of like, right, that challenge is done. On to the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I quite like that I liked it. but she gives and then obviously this is the part where we see the modified pager for the first time mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. obviously is the last time we saw this was at the end of Avengers Infinity War to contact her in an emergency and she makes it very clear only in an emergency <laughs> and um yeah so that's the kind of the last we see of carol and it's it's sweet and it's nice and then obviously we go to fury in his office and he's typing up a report now i've got to say the references to 1990s computer technology in this film is so funny it's like what so is it doing funny. it's loading it's, it's so loading. funny and it really threw me back as well because i just can't believe like yeah how much we just put up with but it was the coolest thing back then wasn't it it's so cool it was really
0: funny
1: yeah it was so cool and obviously he's in his office and he's drafting an initiative aimed at like like hating superheroes like Captain Marvel and obviously him and Coulson this is where Coulson comes back into it Mm -hmm. um they talk about well you know will there be other people like it and he says the line well you know we found her we weren't even looking so it starts off the whole initiative and he changes um he's, I think he names it something like the Heroes Initiative, or something, and then he finds a picture of Carol Danvers and her Air Force jet, and it says the call sign Avenger, and that's when he changed it to the Avengers Initiative, and like, inside I was just like, oh my god! Oh, this is so exciting! Yeah, it's no, like it made goosebumps, me sweet. Even Goosebumps. Even though I knew
0: exactly what, like you know, what it leads to, but it was yeah. very exciting.
1: It was just, it was just cool. It was just very mm. cool. And uh, and then of course that was the end. And then we got the mid-credit scene. Um, now this is obviously set in present day, and we mm-hmm. see the pager, the very famous pager, which um, Fury activated, and it's being monitored by Captain America, Black Widow, Bruce Banner, and James Rhodes, and it's really cool because they're monitoring it and they've, they've basically tested everything on it so I think this scene will be in the film because that's what they Do did you? before wasn't it yeah because I think the mm. after credit scene of um Ant-Man with Bucky was oh, yeah. was yeah that was in um yeah that was in not Civil War was it yeah Civil War Yeah, I think it was Civil War. Or was it Avengers? I don't know, yeah. Um, But yeah, I think this scene will be in there. And obviously, they're testing it and testing it and testing it. And then it's quite funny because Natasha Romanoff says something like, "Um, I wonder what will happen or something. And then she turns around and Brie Larson's standing there as Captain Marvel and she just says, where's Fury? And Mm. I think it's going to be great to see her chemistry with the other Avengers
0: yeah, I think too. that's going
1: to be very interesting. And then, obviously, the post post credit scene is when Goose jumps onto Fury's desk and regurgitates the Tesseract, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which, to be honest, waiting for about ten minutes for was not very forthcoming. No,
0: yeah, I thought the same. I felt it was a bit
1: disappointing on that one. Yeah, but yeah, so with all the with all the obviously the spoilers
0: there, do you have anything further to say? No, I just I really enjoyed it. I just I thought it was good. I thought at the, again, I think like you, I went in with almost. No, if I don't think low expectations, it was no expectations, but um, it was just a fun movie. It was, it was fun.
1: What do you think her involvement in Endgame is going to be like?
0: She's gonna, I feel like she's just going to save the world, <laughs> like it's just going to be her thing. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see her relationship with the, with the other Avengers, especially since I think if not throughout the whole movie, then for for like a sizable amount, it, there's going to be some clashes. Like we've seen the way that she interact, interacted with um, Nick when they first met, when she was like on the phone in that, in that phone box. She was very sort of in command and knows herself really well. And if we think about um, the likes of Tony and um, Stephen, well, all of them really, they've all got these very big personalities, but they've all kind of learned to, because they all know each other, they've all become quite accustomed. So I think she's going to, I think she's going to shake up the ground a bit but I'm excited about it
1: yeah I think I mean originally I thought it was going to be something to do with time travel and I thought maybe mm. they were going to find a way to travel back in time but it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting because obviously she's a very powerful being um, but I don't yeah. think I mean one of the things they're going to need to do with it, I don't think the main purpose of Endgame would be defeating Thanos I think it will be about going back in time mm. um, so I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure, but it's interesting because obviously, I don't know. Captain Marvel was originally meant to be in um, Age of Ultron. Mm. She was in a very early draft, and then they they wrote it out because they said it wasn't the right time. I mean, I mean, it's been ongoing since about 2013, really. All of the Captain Marvel stuff. I mean, mm. Ava Duvernay at one point was going to apparently direct Captain Marvel or Black Panther, um, but I think they brought her this point so she could be kind of like a savior in Endgame. Yeah. So i mean and i think i don't know i don't know we don't know do we we find out in in about six weeks time i mean it's it's very strange because obviously we had to wait so long for another marvel film after ant-man you could have released this a lot earlier than had avengers endgame yeah yeah but it's like back to back yeah because i i do think that obviously when by the time endgame comes out i still think captain marvel will probably be in the top 10 yeah, because it's about six weeks. It could be. Yeah, it could be. I and mean, we will find out. We will be here to yeah, tell yeah. you. <laughs>
0: That's exciting.
1: But yeah. So yeah. But that that is it. That is our Captain Marvel roundup review thoughts. That's that. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Let us know. Yeah. You know. Tell us if you agree. If you disagree. What do you, What do you think she's going to do in Avengers Endgame? Mm. You know. I was just so psyched that we saw just a little bit of Steve Rogers. I was just like, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> like, Look at him; he looks so cute.
0: So, so yeah, I was. What excited. stands as your favorite Marvel movie?
1: Um, I think Avengers Avengers Assemble will always have a big place in my heart because it was mm. like kind of like the first one that all come together. But I, th- I still think the best the best made Marvel film is Captain America: Winter Soldier because mm. even if you took the superhero elements out of that film it's still mm. good like, it's a spy thriller it's a you know it, it's yeah it's brilliant i love that film so much and yeah. um yeah i think the civil war was fantastic i just some i think it's the it's the russo brothers the russo brothers have done amazing things for the marvel movies and we're very lucky to to have them um obviously black panther's incredible oscar winning mm. it's in my yeah that one's yeah. my favorite it's just yeah, I think yeah, Winter Soldier for me, it's it's just it's a great grey film. What's your least favourite?
0: Oh Oh, I don't know. Um I didn't lo- well no, I did like it, but it's not I never think about Ant Man as my favourite. Oh okay, fair enough, yeah. It never yeah, it never really appears as is it like even in my top five I don't think. Um yeah, yeah. probably Ant Man is my least favourite. Black Panther being my absolute favourite. That's fair. But hmm. I think don't right. know so where that you all come from.
1: I think um I really didn't like Iron Man Three. And then I rewatched Was that the
0: one with Guy Pierce? That was a Guy yeah, Pierce one wasn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah. And then I rewatched it last year and it wasn't as bad as I remember, but it still wasn't mm. amazing. Um mm. so yeah, I didn't love Iron Man Three. Thor the Dark World was a bit meh. As well. Oh yeah. Um, oh,
0: that's true. And then what else? My biggest bugbear with Thor will always be how underutilized Natalie is Port-
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I just, mean like, Natalie, Natalie, Natalie Portman, Portman too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Natalie Port- How do you just write Natalie Portman out of I your know. franchise? Just about? I mean, you make her only a love interest to begin with, anyway, and then you write her out.
1: It's just. It's just crazy. I mean, mm. it's funny because a lot of people re- recently have done like their top ten best actress lists. And mm. she's been at the top of many of them, which is correct because her performance in Black Swan was just phenomenal.
0: So good, um, yeah.
1: But yeah, that is one of the biggest anomalies. And to get rid of Kat Graham as well instead oh, of Skarsgård, yeah. such great characters, and they just got rid of them. It's shocking, really. Mm. Really is. Um, I mean, Thor Ragnarok was fantastic, but it just it just got rid of all the elements that were Thor. So
0: mm.
1: yeah, it's um, yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah, the rest of them pretty much stand up for me. I'm pretty sure there's one. I've not seen Doctor Strange.
0: It didn't do much for
1: me. I can't be arsed, man. I really yeah. can't. I mean, I love to tweet. It might, it must have been you that said recently, Benedict Cumberbatch is being hired a lot, but they're not hiring him for his
0: face. It's just for his voice. Was that you? No, that wasn't me, but I agree with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> might have been Lauren. I'll have to find it. Whoever did it, I'm very sorry that I've not named you correctly. Um but yeah, that is it. So, I'm excited for ending. Yeah. We but you know, I did find out, I think I'm on a work conference the week it comes out.
0: <gasps>
1: I know. So, Dope. I'm still going to see it. I'll have to just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'll have to do. Um. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you again for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And we will be back next week. Um. So obviously, there's an, yeah, I'm just going to leave it as that because I say things and it doesn't even happen. So I need to stop. <laughs>
0: Bye-bye. Bye, guys.